Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for July 1st is Obadiah 1 and Psalms 82-83. Now, I say Obadiah 1 because that's how it's labeled and that's how we refer to it, but really it's the entire book of Obadiah because there's only one chapter. And when you take an, a high-level view of this book, it's it's a pronunciation of judgment against Edom. Now, you'll remember in our reading, Edom partnered with a couple other neighboring nations and attacked Israel. In so doing, inviting God's wrath because the people of Edom, remember Edom is another word for red, or it could also be translated red, like the color red. And it was a nickname for Esau. And so the Edomites are like long lost relatives of the Israelites. And for them to partner with other nations, even when Israel deserved it, even when God was stirring up wrath, the Edomites brought judgment on themselves the Edom nation as a whole, or the people group, for going off to war against their long-lost cousins, if you will, God's chosen people. And so Obadiah was a prophet. It may potentially have been the same Obadiah that had interaction with Elijah when Elijah ran into him and said, go tell King Ahab that I'm going to meet him and Remember Obadiah said, oh, I'm not going to do that because the Holy Spirit will carry you away. We'll never see you again. And then Ahab is going to kill me. It may have been a different Obadiah. It was likely a different Obadiah even. But we don't really know the true identity. And the word Obadiah or the name really means worshiper of Yahweh. So it could have just been a nickname, although it was likely the given name of this prophet. And again, it's a, it's a pronouncement against Edom for not siding with the Jews. And we can think of this as a lesson for us today to not side with the people of God who maybe walk it out in a little bit different way than we do. Now, we are not going off to war with bows and arrows and slings and swords and all of the things the way these peoples did 2800 2700 years ago our battle is spiritual and so whatever literally happened to the israelite people and whatever god literally did to their enemies during these during the time of these biblical writings are spiritual lessons for us. And so the things that literally happened to the people, they were killed, they were maimed, they were imprisoned, could apply to people today from the pages of the Bible in a spiritual sense. So if somebody was physically killed in scripture, we can equate the story often and think of it figuratively Actually, it's not even figurative. It's literal in a spirit, in the spirit realm. 
So somebody who physically died could represent today somebody for doing the exact same thing. The punishment might be, could be physical death, but it might also just be spiritual death. At least in these Old Testament allegories that are more than allegories. They're historically accurate. They're facts. They really did happen. But they also serve as allegories for us today. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Most of us today are Gentiles. Most Jewish believers today even live like Gentiles. Not all. Edom, in verse 3, your arrogant heart has deceived you. Verse 10, you'll be covered with shame and destroyed forever because of violence done to your brother Jacob. So Christians, how are we treating our spiritual long-lost relatives, the Jews? Whether they're walking with God or not, let's maintain an attitude of humility. Verse 12 says, do not gloat over your brother in the day of his calamity. The literal translation there is, do not make your mouth big. Let's be of few words. Verse 15, as you have done, it will be done for you. What you deserve will return on your own head. And in verse 18, the house of Jacob will be a blazing fire. The house of Joseph, a burning flame. But the house of Esau, which is Edom, will be stubble. Jacob will set them on fire and consume Edom. So even when things were not looking good for Jacob slash Israel slash the house of Joseph, the people, Edomites, were not to get all puffed up and think that it was going to end that way. No. God would restore his people. And it's much best, it's much better to be on God's side than to choose sides against God and against God's chosen people. Because God's people will always prevail at the end. The only way to be counted among them is for us to remain humble before him, God, and close by his side. Now, Psalm 82 is fascinating to me. God stands in the divine assembly. He pronounces judgment among the gods. God stands in the divine assembly or in the congregation and pronounces judgment above, among the gods. Now, the word God is Elohim. In the Hebrew, it's plural. And a lot of times when it's talking about the God, our God, Yahweh, it's translated in the singular form with a capital G. But it's also the same word, Elohim, that is translated with a small g and a capital S and, a, and an S for plural, not capital S. So Elohim stands in the divine assembly. He pronounces judgment among the Elohim. It's very interesting. The only way that we know that this is not talking about the same gods is because the words that go around it in the Hebrew, some of them are conjugated for a singular, some of them are conjugated for a plural. 
And so I think the accurate translation is God, capital G, stands in the congregation or assembly. This meeting place, he stands, he pronounces judgment among the gods, little g, with an S. But isn't it interesting that God pronounces judgment to the gods? We, we think about these false gods and we say they're false gods. They're not even real. What beings is God pronouncing judgment in front of? I don't know. I just think it's very interesting. How long will you judge unjustly and show partiality to the wicked? Provide justice for the needy and the fatherless. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and needy. Save them from the power of the wicked. Close quote. Verse 6. I said, you are gods. You are all sons of the Most High. However, you will die like humans and fall like any other ruler. And then the plea, rise up, God, judge the earth, for all the nations belong to you. This one, I think, my friends, I just have to dwell on it for much more time before I can really understand it. Because it's talking about things that are not easily understood. Psalm 83 is a prayer against enemies. It's asking God to move. And that should always be the way we approach interactions with our enemies. God, I pray that you would be the one to handle this situation, that you would be the one to correct that person who has sinned against me. Needs you to move, God. I don't want to handle it myself. For your glory, Father, and for the advancement of your kingdom, God bless us. Help us to be like you. Amen.